Hello and welcome to SCOTUS Sneak Peek, a podcast by Bloomberg Law. I'm Kimberly Robinson. And I'm Jordan Rubin. And today we're going to highlight some of the arguments for the Supreme Court's final week of arguments during 2018. Pretty amazing. We're already at the end of the year. I know. It's been a heck of a year. So, Jordan, why don't you catch us up on the two cases that the Supreme Court is going to hear on Monday, December 3rd, to kick off this final week? Sure. So those two cases involve taxes and securities. Oh, so it's like Money Monday. Exactly. It's uh, Money Monday. That's a great joke. Very funny. Um, <laughs> the first case, Dawson against Steger, is the tax case, and it involves something called intergovernmental tax immunity. Um, it involves a federal law enforcement official or a retired official who is with the U.S. Marshal Service who says it's unfair that he can't be exempted from taxes on his retirement benefits while state law enforcement officials who are retired do get that exemption. And so the Supreme Court is going to look at that immunity doctrine and see whether that situation is fair or not, whether it complies with the law. The second case is the securities case, Lorenzo against the SEC. That involves misstatements made in connection with the sale of securities. It involves someone named Francis Francis Lorenzo. He distributed false statements by sending an email that included false statements, but he's not the one who made the statements. And so he can't be held liable for making the false statements. The question is whether he can still be charged in a fraudulent scheme involving them. There's a Supreme Court case saying there are certain elements that have to be met to prove a misstatement claim. And so he can't be charged and be held liable under that case. But the question is whether the SEC SEC can still have him uh, be held liable under a fraudulent scheme. And so Lorenzo is basically saying the SEC is trying to do kind of like an end around the Supreme Court case, and we'll see whether he can still be on the hook. Hmm. Well, uh, the next day on Tuesday, December 4th, there's nothing um, tying them together. So there's no cool like Money Monday for Tuesday. Um, But the first case that the Supreme Court is going to hear is actually a Social Security case. That's Uh, cool. It's called Beesteak versus Berryhill. And this is actually one of three cases that will feature Nancy Berryhill, the acting commissioner of Social Security. And it's really a, a technical question about what evidence is required to determine eligibility for Social Security benefits. And in particular, at issue in this case is testimony by what's called vocational experts uh, that the that the applicant can actually do some other kind of work and so is not eligible for benefits. Now, this is a really small slice of the law that the Supreme Court is going to be addressing, but the petitioner says that these kinds of vocational experts actually make um, submit this kind of evidence in hundreds of thousands of cases every year. So uh, it could have a, a big impact in the small area where Um, it pertains to. Uh, The second case is a patents case, um, Helsine Healthcare versus Teva Pharmaceutical. And of course, Teva is another returning party to the Supreme Court, um, having been in a previous patent case. And what's at issue here is what qualifies as prior art, uh, barring patentability, whenever the inventor has sold an invention to a third party but required that third party uh, to keep it a secret. And so 
um, typically, if there's prior art out there, it will prevent a uh, patent from being issued. And um, prior art can include things that are um, put in public or, or sold uh, and then put into the public. And here the question is, well, what if the selling happens uh, in, in secret? And what's, you know, what's the effect of that? Um, All right. So the Supreme Court will finish this off with just one case on Wednesday, which they often do uh, in advance of their conferences is just have, uh, you know, the, the one case. And that's, again, what they did for December 5th. Tell us about that case, Jordan. Sure. So they're saving the best case for last. That's Gamble against the United States and involves uh, something called the separate sovereigns exception to the Fifth Amendment's double jeopardy clause. As it stands now, someone can be prosecuted for the same conduct on both the state and the federal level. Uh, perhaps everyone doesn't know that, but the reason that that's allowed is under a long-standing doctrine called the separate sovereigns doctrine because the feds and the states are separate sovereigns. They're allowed to be charged in both venues. And Terrence Gamble, who was prosecuted in both federal and state court in Alabama for the same gun charge, says that's unfair and it violates the Fifth Amendment's double jeopardy clause. And so the Supreme Court in this case has an opportunity to just straight up overrule that doctrine and says that it violates the Fifth Amendment. Now, some people might be familiar with this case because there's been some rumblings that it could affect some um, Trump pardons. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that and uh, what you think the practical effect could be? So the practical effect could wind up being very little. Uh, Gamble and his supporters certainly make that argument in an attempt to make the Supreme Court justices think that it's not going to be such a big deal if they rule their way. And that's because double jeopardy law is actually very complicated. And you really need to make sure that if you're making a double jeopardy argument, the elements of the crime that you're being charged with really need to match up to the crime that you're saying you've already been prosecuted for. So even within whether it's a successive prosecution in just federal court or just state court, uh, even without the uh, double jeopardy, even with the double jeopardy protections that Gamble's seeking, a lot of defendants still wouldn't be able to succeed in making double jeopardy claims. So the bottom line is even if Gamble wins, um, that doesn't necessarily mean that state prosecutors for that reason will be unable to charge Paul Manafort or anyone else who's swept up in the special counsel or related investigations. Mm -hmm. Well, that's been uh, that's fascinating. Thank you for that, Jordan. And uh, You're welcome again. The this will be the last arguments for the court. They will return in January for more arguments. Until then, you can follow along with all the latest Supreme Court news at news.bloomberglaw.com. As always, thanks for listening. Happy New Year. Well, don't say Happy New Year because you know we're going to be having another podcast, our deep dive. Unhappy, oh, unhappy New Year. Happy New Year to the, only the sneak peek listeners, ah. the very small set that don't do the deep dives. And to all you deep divers, unhappy New Year. Yeah. <laughs>